Chapter Two of A Superfluous Woman by Emma Frances Brooke. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Bruce Peary. Just one year and one month passed, and upon a mild June evening, Dr. Cornerstone sat talking with a friend in his study. The windows were thrown open, and the blinds were not drawn when for a time the square was silent and no one passed up it with the shriek or the whoop by which born londoners try to assure themselves of mirth at the heart a rustle of trees was heard and from the window for the room was on the first story were to be seen interlaced branches and leaves with the gaslight of the square very prettily shining upon them in the daytime the trees looked black and dry and exhausted the spirit rather than refreshed it but at night they put on something of their pristine character besides the trees high between the chimneys of the great hospital opposite one saw a star or two around the square which was in comparison a well of silence the roar of the city went like some evil and despairing beast dr cornerstone sat on an armchair with his feet stretched out business was not quite as brisk with him as usual in june the people were neither choked with poisonous heat nor nipped to the heart with cold in june dr cornerstone had a less grim look than ordinary he appeared quite sweet-tempered now as he enjoyed this unusual leisure with a friend by his side from upstairs sometimes at those moments when no beat of human feet passed up the square one heard the measured creak of a rocking-chair and the sound of a sweet voice singing an old song go from the window love go go from the window my dear the wind and the rain will not drive you back again you may not be lodged here that was dr cornerstone's wife rocking her baby opposite to the doctor on another easy-chair sat an old friend named carteret he was a small man and he did not stretch himself out but crumpled his body up and hugged it with his crossed arms and he thrust forward his thin eager face and fixed his eyes steadily on one spot in the carpet as though a hand wrote something there for him to read and so she did not die after all carteret was saying die oh dear me no certainly not have you a name for her illness i call it a splenetic seizure brought on by ennui and excessive high breeding no disease none a mere fantasy a pose her imagination had been touched by the picturesque interest of mortal decay upon aesthetic furniture ah what medicine can purge such sickliness one only i administered the pill which they call reality in silver wrapping it may be carteret grimaced at the carpet a few visits unfolded her nature to me if indeed it be nature i never saw a creature so fatally feminine she was just a pretty piece of sexuality she never thought of herself save as a dainty bit of flesh which some great man would buy 
hm a professional beauty interposed cornerstone and with a high price for which she would stand out poor wretch she they are what society makes them and they take to it kindly some do as to her i do not know that something tormented her she had tried every conceivable contortion by which to kill time she was clever i never met with a more able nor a more restless little mind one year she had been artistic another learned a third aesthetic a fourth political and so on she was fond of horses it appears but not with constancy she told me that in the autumn she would sometimes shoot and fish like a man but in spite of all the days gaped at her blank and empty mortally sick of herself and her amusements in short and so her final resource was death i never saw so highly self-conscious a creature nor one so intuitively aware how the graces of a lifelong demeanour may be rounded off at last by a poetic exit from the stage i fancy the purveyors to fashionable drawing-rooms must have entreated her presence from motives similar to those which prompt them to seek out exotics for the decoration of the table her own personality appears to have been her single sustained and successful study but she had a will and had she not puzzled the doctors when i found her she was certainly in danger floating gracefully down the stream of life to the dark river at the end and you plucked at her skirts with a rough hand and saved her i did so and when you had set her up on her legs again if one may surmise legs in so superlative a creature how did it work my pill you mean yes your pill reality like madness in the brain she got well and plunged into new fevers of restlessness to infuse reality with sober effects one needs a prepared system she got a sufficient hold of my notions to run new crazes with them she read thoreau and browning's wearing and caricatured the ideas in her self-conscious mode by august she was dressed in unbleached calico and prints at tuppence a yard in the early winter she was running over the east end with a train of lovers at the turn of the year i heard of her lecturing on a public platform the audience chiefly composed of men carteret shrugged up his shoulders and stretched one lean hand out toward the spot on the carpet with a derisive grimace if said he i were a doctor and it is perhaps a providential dispensation that i am not i should cornerstone use some discrimination in my art of healing i agree with you theoretically i might for instance continued carteret have thought it scarcely worth while to bring this pretty humbug back to life but said the doctor a pound or two of healthy human flesh is more valuable in the eyes of our profession 
than gold of ophir and as rare and she this artificial minx is sound to the core carteret besides the doctor paused and sighed she is a woman and therefore destined to be a breeder of sinners dr cornerstone stretched himself out further folded his hands leaned his head on the back of his chair and contemplated the movements of a moth about the ceiling being a woman said he i both pitied and had hopes of her you were always an optimist an optimist no try a day's doctoring among the people and ask yourself if such a thing be possible but a man whose bitter repast is mitigated by a seasoning of hope yes and how did you manage to fish up that bright coloured thing from the rag-bag of this life one day i sat thinking and i got an idea carteret did you ever get an idea i never the doctor smiled at the moth carteret looked up at him with expectation he was a man whose pleasures lay almost exclusively on the mental side and his face was worn with the partly conscious martyrdom of deprivation in thought in conversation he was the peer of his fellows but not elsewhere an insistence upon the wholeness of human nature the identity of body and soul an exhortation from the pagan school to partake of life's feast freely genially and without fear must be irony to some men and but bitter advice to innumerable women the truth is said the doctor we look at things with a too limited eye and are constitutionally invalided we are not robust enough to bear to accept the processes of nature and we distrust some of our own best faculties by the last you mean i presume that offence against priesthood mind energy that which bids us to dare do will and think and one may add to pull down the house about our ears by way of letting in the skies surely energy manifests itself in reserve self-control masterly silence and patience as well as in the more obvious activity but you are right it was this mind energy i alluded to and i note that the quality is not so much found alarming in a man's own mind as in that of his neighbor the other man or the other woman of her chief and foremost cried the doctor whom we are so slow to recognize as our neighbor well the idea that came to me was simply a sudden flashing appreciation of mind energy as the one thing to be trusted in cherished and cultivated above all other qualities and in all persons without distinction of sex it was an inspiration of faith in what we have within ourselves of the best it was a revolt against invalidish prudence and an invitation toward robust 
daring anywhere and everywhere even so far as to say that we ought not so much to name mistaken results disaster as the common practice of servile imitation and faint-hearted acquiescence the cost being not counted too great so that genuinely new ideas are opened out to a failing world precisely well all i can say is that to a dead certainty the mere suggestion of such a thing will set all our hens male and female cackling yet i found this sudden premonition of trustworthiness in mind energy extraordinarily refreshing it was as though i had lifted up windows in the soul and seen new horizons it is all very well said carteret but plenty of people will tell you that you can't trust a child with fire nor phaeton with the chariot of the sun oh undoubtedly there might be some ferment and a little danger at first but the education would be gradual and in my opinion fewer houses would be burned down and there would be fewer unpleasant accidents with the fiery elements if people were guided by explanations instead of being handed mechanical rules possibly said carteret moreover life has an odd habit of calling unwilling phaetons to drive ghostly chariots along perilous ways without any preparation i propose simply an assiduous cultivation of the mind so that the man may be prepared to rise to sudden emergencies the man here the doctor paused and sighed and also the woman ah now we return to our jessamine carteret settled himself in his chair like a child expecting a story while the doctor collected his thoughts a belated organ-grinder at the end of the square turned on his instrument played a few bars spasmodically and left off with the dominant seventh unresolved yes here we return to her said he at last life does not exempt these untrained travellers from the usual problems your right decision or your life cries that constant and remorseless old highwayman to every soul male or female alike and he will take no excuses nor admit palliations yet the education of our jessamines is into the suppression and rarely into the exercise of mind energy it is a prolonged process of curtailment and stunting of the faculties on which right choice and firm vitalizing decisions depend this leaves the nature pliant to the cultivation of certain characteristics which being exaggerated leave them particularly open to sudden dilemmas the unfortunate creature she has never been taught even to shoot at a mark or to do anything with a trigger save scream at it just so it is our infernal selfishness women crammed inside the coach out of the way of the view while man bosses it on the box seat and breathes the air it is precisely this contact with the fresh air 
this command of the wide view which i claim for all but demand particularly for women as a necessary condition of their wholesome development you perceive carteret what a flat catalogue of conventional virtues we impose upon women assuming them to be the characteristics of the whole sex now i am by no means certain that the catalogue does not include some very deplorable elements which result in unmitigated harm both racially and socially at any rate in varied individualities there must be difference all through yet one type of character is handed to all with the advice please copy but no virtue is effective that is not living and spontaneous and how can a set of fictitious rules give these women any guidance in self-management you see said carteret it was a man who bore the sins of the world the woman has the far more onerous office of going into the wilderness as a scapegoat bearing its virtues just so said cornerstone i have always held continued carteret dryly that our great national improvidence lies in the two departments of our refuse and our women the distinctions of sex where they are arbitrary are in themselves a waste why squander individuality in rules the manner of a woman's thoughts deeds and words is prescribed as you say beforehand by society her very love must be according to platitudes and the code it must be a beautiful fidelity affection sentiment but not a passion like a man's but supposing a woman fall into something indecorously natural well then comes the rub for which their education has not prepared them all coercion and restriction from outside instead of from within is merely painful without fruitful result when i first saw jessamine i was considering this very point i went one day to the park at the fashionable hour to watch the faces hmm. after ten minutes i knew i had got fast among a circle of the damned i saw that the place was a wheel round which in slow immortal weariness souls damned for idleness were being drawn l'ennui fruit de la morue incuriosité prend les proportions de l'immortalité murmured carteret it was a bad sort of sight i found only the very young girls at all tolerable youth in itself is a triumph and a hope but even there the indefinable tracing of pain and coercion had begun not one even of the girls carried her fetters unconsciously the iron entered into their souls i fancied they leaned back in their carriages with closed lips in despair lord how you exaggerate exclaimed carteret i think not 
replied the doctor not when you make allowances for exceptions i've nothing to say for instance of the emancipated woman of the well-to-do middle class beyond a friendly grip of the hand such as one bestows on an equal neither have i to do just now with the multitude of women toilers of the masses and i will leave out of the question also the recognized prostitute i am occupied simply with the unemancipated daughter of the aristocracy the plutocracy and the upper and lower middle classes with the idle lady the superfluous female in short just so no i do not exaggerate i assure you carteret that in all the hours i stood there watching i never saw one man and woman speak to each other with the free and independent dignity of equals conscious of obligations to the world they live in it was all sexuality on the one side with its correlative sensuality on the other whereupon a furious and blinding rage fell upon me i stood as a stone in my place wishing that i had the whip of small cords with which the lord drove the swine down the hill into destruction your theology cornerstone is somewhat mixed but is always efficient and while i stood thus stupefied an open victoria drew up by the rails close beside me i think the princess was passing there were two women in the carriage one quite elderly the other a girl in her teens the heart of the old one had perished she did not suffer because mortification had set in but then she was no longer human the other was as i say young i thought at first she did not suffer either she leaned back and did not lift her eyes her face was soft and quiet and beautiful ah miss halliday that was the first time i saw her carteret there are faces which issue from nature's hand as from a dream it is as though she sat musing upon an idea as an artist might do picking up a trait here and a feature there until it is made perfect and then she sends it out into a thankless world what shall we do with our beautiful women it was a little face not one of those big bouncing full-blown roses but soft and rare small and exquisite and then she had an air which turned the whole place into a picture her name is jessamine and jessamine describes her and she held a spray of the flower in her hand they say she always has leaf or blossom by her well as i gazed i became suddenly aware that i impeded the desire of some other person to get near her and a voice spoke over my shoulder Ugh, that voice a thread of vice ran through it like the twang of a broken wire a thin trickle of disease dropped out with every syllable but what did the fellow say oh ah 
nothing nothing how do you do miss halliday so fortunate to catch a glimpse of you you enjoyed last night so glad coming to-night to lady s's so glad shall i be there can you ask reserve me a waltz no no a waltz the doctor rose up from his seat and took two or three turns along the room then he paused opposite carteret's chair i say the face had an ineffable quality he said a violet before now has plucked at my heart in flowers there are thoughts too deep for tears a beautiful face with that indescribable something in it that poetic suggestion will stir my soul as a passage of music might it will lift up my thought for a week but before my mind had pictured the paradise about this modern eve i saw already the snake lurking in the grass fatal horrible the doctor reseated himself i turned away but as i turned i heard someone answering for the young girl the voice said dear lord harriet we receive a few favoured friends at five this evening for tea come round and settle about the dance with dearest jessamine i turned again why i cannot say lord harriet was occupied with that old jezebel the girl had moved her pretty head and was looking at me it was the strangest moment i don't think she saw me really but she let me read in her face like a book there was complacent vanity there in large measure they say harriet is the greatest catch in europe so heavily does our beautiful civilization handicap the strong against the weak and diseased but struggling through this miasmic cloud i saw a look in her eyes these cried to me plainer than words rescue me rescue me dr cornerstone paused a thin noise of rain fell among the trees in the square and the step of a man in haste went by when they called me to her bedside i was not astonished said the doctor presently in a low voice it could not surprise me that she had chosen to die Ah. her eyes it was three years or so after the scene in the park that they called me in kept always that look they are astonishingly deep and sombre they cast a mystery over the face i have had the conviction sometimes when she turned them toward me with their inscrutable pathos that it is humanity itself which cries to one through eyes like that the sufferings of generations having been concentrated into one pair of orbs they look at you with the pent-up grief of a race or is it prevision of her own dr cornerstone made no reply he rose once more from his chair and began once more to perambulate slowly up and down the chamber meanwhile carteret got his hand into his coat pocket and began to fumble in it with a slow hesitating air at length he drew out a copy of an evening paper have you heard the news said he 
what news is there anything new under the sun this paragraph for instance what about it is headed it appears to be about miss halliday the doctor stopped in his walk and his brow contracted uneasily ah she has married lord harriet no returned carteret no not that the paragraph is headed mysterious disappearance of miss jessamine halliday End of chapter two